This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome to the Smart TV Podcast. I'm David Butcher. I write about television for Radio Times and once again here I'm going to pick out a few highlights for the week ahead. It's a weird week because obviously the FIFA World Cup in Qatar is starting on Sunday and that's all over the schedules. There's matches every day and it all feels a bit joyless, doesn't it? It's the wrong time of year. It's the wrong place to hold it. Maybe the actual football itself will be amazing and hopefully in some way get past all that. We'll see. But the question for me here is, what else is on? What can you watch if you're running a mile from the football? Apart from I'm a Celebrity and Strictly Come Dancing and MasterChef The Professionals and the other stuff that's chugging away there, just keeping us going. So I'll run you through a few new things that I think are worth seeking out. Plus, at the end, a couple of things that you might be tempted by that I think are worth avoiding. I'm going to start with two different TV shows that have been made by Hollywood film directors. Firstly, a brand new show on Netflix. And I don't usually kick off with streaming shows because not everybody can access it. Not everybody has Netflix, I know. But just because this was probably the most out-and-out fun I've had watching anything this week, I'm going to start off with it. It's called Wednesday, and it's available from Wednesday on Netflix. It's the latest chapter in the saga of the Adams family. They are, of course, the kind of macabre version of a sort of regular American family, a kind of mirror image, created by... The cartoonist Charles Adams, originally for New Yorker magazine way back, and then there was a, a famous 60s sitcom and a bunch of movies in the 90s and so on. And now there's a Netflix show directed by the great Tim Burton. And 
it's focused on the the daughter of the family, the teenage kind of she's a goth girl loner type called Wednesday, played by an actress called Jenna Ortega. She does her as this wonderfully kind of deadpan, snarky, very cool goth, always dressed in black, kind of peering out from under a black fringe. And the idea is Wednesday has to go to a new school because she's been thrown out of another one. She's been thrown out of like eight schools or something. The reason is, and this gives you an idea of the sort of comedy horror flavour of it, it, uh, the first scene is Wednesday's taking revenge on these guys who have bullied her little brother. And she does this. They're all in the school swimming pool and she just puts a load of piranhas in the pool to chase them. So there's lots of that kind of comedy horror, as I say. Wednesday, what happens? She's sent to Nevermore Academy, which is basically Hogwarts. It's a sort of Hogwarts-type, slightly gothic boarding school for outcasts and weirdos out in the New England woods somewhere. So then we get this wonderfully sardonic, dry kind of take on a version of the American high school drama. And in it, Wednesday gets some great one-liners. The script is great fun. Like, uh, she has to go to these therapy sessions, which she really resents. And she she tells the therapist, Sartre said, hell is other people. He was my first crush. Uh, or when her roommate sort of mentions Instagram or something at some point, and Wednesday says, I find social media to be a soul-sucking void of meaningless affirmation. And you kind of think, well, yeah, fair point. Anyway, General Take is terrific. She's just very good at kind of glowering at everybody and being disdainful about everything. In a way, maybe like an extreme version of quite a few teenage daughters, you could argue. But the way Tim Burton films it all is brilliant and the visual world of it is great fun, as it always is with him. As I say, the script's a blast. It's creepy and kooky, mysterious and spooky, and altogether ooky, as the song used to say. It's Wednesday. That's the name of the show and the day it lands on Netflix. Give it a go. There's a new BBC One crime thriller starting on Tuesday called Tokyo Vice. You might remember there was an excellent drama called Giri Haji on BBC Two a couple of years back, which really got into the world of Tokyo crime and the kind of particularly the sleazier gangland side of things. Tokyo Vice, as the name suggests, is in the same ballpark in some ways. It starts with a double bill on Tuesday, as I say on BBC One, and then it'll all be on iPlayer. So it's something that you can binge if you're avoiding the football. The drama is based on a book, a real story, book by an American journalist called Jake Edelstein uh, about the time he spent in Tokyo. And he was the first foreigner to be taken on to work at the biggest newspaper in Tokyo. And this is a slightly fictionalised version of his story, and Edelstein is played by Ansel Elgort as a cocky young hotshot who weirdly seems very surprised when he discovers that in a Japanese newspaper you just write what you're told to write. It's all very regimented. And he's a crime reporter, and he's only allowed to call it a murder if the police say so. Even if the dead guy has been stabbed multiple times, you can't call it a murder unless they do it. It's all very hidebound and crime reporters don't investigate. They just reproduce the police report pretty much. But, of course, Jake wants to push the boundaries because he's the American guy. He's ridden into town. He's going to change stuff. Now, the director is Michael Mann, and he's a big film director. Amongst other things, he directed Miami Vice back in the day. This is not... Miami Vice, it's Tokyo Vice. And, real warning here, it is quite slow to start with. It's not... I didn't find it as slick as you'd hope from somebody like Michael Mann, but it does pick up. 
and it does definitely give a real flavour of Tokyo life and the kind of underside of that and Japanese culture. I found that really intriguing. It's quite film noir, kind of hard-boiled stuff. So if that's your kind of thing, give it a shot. But as I say, be patient because it does get going, but it takes a while. So that's Tokyo Vice. The whole thing's on iPlayer from Tuesday. Okay, what about some comedy? If you like or if you love the BBC sitcom Ghosts, you may or may not know that there's been an American remake, which we know can often be a disaster. But in this case, it has been a triumph, really. It's a big hit over there on CBS, on old-school network television. And the second season launched, I think, a month or so ago with audiences of, like, six million. Uh, So it's a big hit. And... Now that version, the American version, is coming back to the BBC. So all 18 episodes of it will be on iPlayer from Sunday, should you watch it. Well, it's quite an odd experience because initially, if you know the original show, you're kind of mapping the new characters back onto the old ones and seeing what's the same, what's different and so on. But I certainly found that quite soon you sort of forget all that and you just go with it. The premise is basically just the same. It's a young couple, in this case they're from New York, and they discover that they've inherited this big old house in the country. It's not Button House, it's Woodstone Estate. And they're not sure whether they should move in and maybe start a hotel or a B&B. And then one of them falls down the stairs, and when she comes out of her coma, she can see all the ghosts that live in the house that we've already met at the start. So it's the same kind of setup. And the characters are partly familiar there's there's a scoutmaster with an arrow through his neck you'll be glad to hear there's a guy from the 1990s with no trousers but here he's not a Tory MP he is a kind of Wall Street bro type instead of a Robin the Caveman there's a, a Viking guy there's a 1920s jazz singer and a 1960s hippie there's actually there's more of the characters and the group's unofficial leader is this officer from the Revolutionary War who's a bit like the captain in in our version, but he's kind of less repressed than the captain, but still good fun. I enjoyed it. It won't be as big a TV kind of phenomenon as the American version of The Office turned out to be, but it is, it's been well done. And it has the same kind of charm and warmth and kind of good-heartedness that you get in the UK version. That's why the UK version is so so lovely. So if you can't get enough of that, it's well worth a look. And there's plenty of it, as I say, all 18 episodes on iPlayer from Sunday. That's Ghosts. On Saturday on Sky Arts, there's a real treat for film fans. It's a feature-length documentary called The Ghost of Richard Harris. I've always loved Richard Harris as an actor, I think since I saw him in, there was a 1970s thriller called Juggernaut. I don't think it was one of his best films by any means, but which I remember seeing as a teenager on TV and loving. Or probably I loved him in it. He plays a bomb disposal expert and it's a pretty hokey film and he made a few hokey films. But as a screen presence, I think Richard Harris is always mesmerising. He was also, which isn't necessarily the case with great actors, a very charismatic, big personality himself and we learn a lot more about both sides of that his performances on the screen his big roles and his kind of roistering hell-raising character in real life but he was also a published poet and a chart-topping pop singer weirdly and in his youth we learn he was quite an athlete he basically had it all really 
The documentary is centered around his three sons. One of them is the actor, Jared Harris, and they're reflecting on their dad and going through all his old stuff at this sort of storage facility. But it also has lots of great old clips and newspaper stories and anecdotes from people. One of the best is uh, about the time he was celebrating his divorce and he was in the middle of filming Cromwell, I think it was, and the film studio lent him a sort of private jet. So he just went on this week-long bender around Europe in this private jet with all his mates. And for some reason, I don't think any celebrity would do this now, he took along, I think, a reporter and a press photographer. And so there's all this photographic evidence of what went on along the way inside a Hamburg brothel and any number of bars and on the plane and so on. It's extraordinary. Later on in his life, of course... Richard Harris, he found a whole new kind of fame from playing Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films. And apparently, in that sort of era, he was living mostly at a suite in the Savoy Hotel that he kept for the last 20 years of his life. And there's a lovely story that when he was dying, pretty much on his deathbed in 2002, he was very ill, and he had to be taken out of the hotel on a stretcher. And as he was wheeled past some diners who were going into the restaurant, he sort of croaked to them, don't eat the food, which is great. Kind of gallows humour right to the end. So that's The Ghost of Richard Harris on Saturday on Sky Arts. I always like a polemic on television, somebody really nailing their colours to the mast, putting it all out there and making a case for something they believe in. The comedian, David Baddiel, does that really well in his one-off programme, Jews Don't Count, which is on Monday on Channel 4. It's based on a book of the same title, which he wrote, and which I thought was brilliant. And the argument, basically, I'm going to simplify it a bit, but it's that we have a culture where all forms of racism are rightly called out, held accountable, but one form for some reason isn't, becomes kind of invisible. We care about vulnerable minorities, but there's a historically very vulnerable minority that for some reason progressive opinion doesn't bother with, and that's Jews. For some reason, and he goes into this a bit, a lot of people on the left tend to downgrade anti-Semitism compared to other kinds of discrimination because perhaps they associate Jews with power and money and influence, which is itself a kind of anti-Semitic trope. So Badil explores all this, you know, the way Jews are sort of thought to be secretly running the world and they're perceived as too white to be a proper ethnic minority because they can pass as white in many cases, but also not white enough for your Aryan-type extreme right-wingers. It's it's very strange and murky. He's got some great interviewees in here. David Schwimmer from Friends is really interesting about it. The comedian Sarah Silverman is in the programme. She has this quote. She says, We're the one minority that I feel like we get an eye roll if we stand up for ourselves at all. I recommend this programme and the book as well, which is very short and very easy read. David Baddiel is addressing some quite dark stuff, but he manages to make it kind of entertaining as well in a strange way. So that's Jews Don't Count, Monday, Channel 4. Next up, a series that's just come out on Disney+. Plus. It's called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, as in the Thor actor from the Marvel films. If you've come across the Radio 4 series with Michael Mosley called Just One Thing, where he goes through the various ways to improve your health and well-being, this is like an extreme version of that. But 
very extreme because he's a cool, ripped Hollywood action man. So he takes things a bit further. And he's looking at different ways of improving your life expectancy by doing quite heavy things like a four-day fast or balancing on a beam hundreds of meters off the ground at the top of a skyscraper. So you, we get those stunts that kind of provide dramatic visuals, but then there's interesting psychological stuff as well that we're told by the experts who are setting in the challenges. So in the first episode, he's looking at stress, Chris Hemsworth, and the psychologist says what's important, she argues, is to embrace stress and face it. She calls it dating your stress. So you kind of train your mindset to be okay with it and embrace it so that it doesn't undermine you when it hits. And the way Hemsworth has to tackle this, he goes out on that precarious beam on the skyscraper and he also does a thing called drown-proofing with a special forces guy that looks terrifying. It involves having your hands tied behind your back and your feet tied together and then chucked into a swimming pool and you have to manoeuvre around and do various things and stay calm while you do it when you can't really swim properly, which looks horrific, but you can kind of see how doing that and learning how to handle it, that might help deal with more everyday stress when you're not literally out of your depth, but you feel it. And there's some really thought-provoking stuff in there, maybe a bit kind of trite at times, a bit superficial, maybe a bit padded out too, but really useful stuff in there, I think. Techniques, just ordinary techniques like special box breathing and positive self-talk that any of us could use. And if you're interested, there is also a fair bit of Chris Hemsworth without his shirt on across the series, and he does have quite the physique. So that's on Disney+. Plus. It's called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Another show this week with Hollywood star in it, or at least voiced by Hollywood star, is called Our Universe, and it's on Netflix from Tuesday. It's narrated by Morgan Freeman, and it's made by BBC Studios. And it sort of does a thing that I haven't quite seen before, where it melds together natural history stuff about elephants or cheetahs or penguins, lots of incredible footage, with what I think of as Brian Cox stuff about the universe and the solar system and how they formed and how ultimately billions of years of cosmic accidents have led to the conditions for an elephant to find water or a cheetah to hunt a gazelle or whatever. And it's all quite grandiose and I'm not completely sure that the kind of idea holds together of linking these two things. But as I say, great visuals, amazing special effects for all the cosmic stuff. It's very accessible pop science. And I think kids of a certain age would get a lot out of it too, maybe. So that's Our Universe. It's on Netflix from Tuesday. I'm going to do a very quick public service announcement for rugby fans because this Saturday is an extraordinary day, really. If you have Amazon Prime, you can fill your boots with matches all afternoon and evening. It's the Autumn Internationals in Rugby Union. They carry on with a whole raft of games. Wales against Georgia, Scotland against Argentina, England be the All Blacks, that's at 5.30, big game, Ireland against Australia later in the evening. But weirdly, there are also the Rugby League World Cup finals, both of them, men's and women's, on Saturday afternoon. They're on BBC One, although sadly no home teams involved there. But plenty of rugby of all kinds on Saturday before football kicks off on Sunday. Now, I don't often talk about things on YouTube, but I want to point you to a comedy that's tucked away on there. Baby Cow is the production company, partly owned by Steve Coogan, 
and they have made a lot of great things over the years. Gavin and Stacey, Mighty Boosh, this time with Alan Partridge, loads of other great things. And they've got a YouTube channel where you can find all kinds of clips and other goodies from those shows. But also a new short-form comedy called What's Happening? And is written by Ben Ashenden and Alex Owen, who play a pair of useless presenters of a YouTube video podcast who, who keep revealing their own stupidity. It also has the occasional, which is very fun, to spoof YouTube advert, which then makes the actual YouTube ads that you get when they come on feel very weird. So I recommend that, not just because it's about podcasts. That's called What's Happening, and it's on YouTube. But my one to miss this week is also made by Baby Cow, coincidentally, and also written by the same guys I later discovered. It's on Dave, and it's called Live at the Moth Club. It's kind of a stand-up comedy show, which would be fine. That, that would be enough in itself. It's got people like Phil Wang and Kima Bob, other good comedians. But then there's a twist to it, which is that their stand-up routines are surrounded by sort of pretend spoofy backstage stuff that's showing the people who run the club who are played by some really good actors themselves, people like Mark Heap and so on. And that's the sort of slightly hopeless, embarrassing world. So we see both of those things, and it's all very kind of meta, but the elements of it, for me, just don't gel, sadly, because it feels like it keeps crunching gears between the different wavelengths. That's a mixed metaphor, and that's what the whole show feels like. But I hate slang off new comedy because they're so hard to do, they're so few and far between, because the channel's don't want to commission them because they're much more risky than making drama or just make another series about a celebrity travelling around Africa in a hot air balloon or something. So even though I didn't particularly get it, I'm glad that Live at the Moth Club got made. Somebody else might enjoy it. Somebody will come out of it who'll go on to great things. So I don't recommend it, but I do recommend the YouTube comedy from the same guys called What's Happening. Also, while I'm warning you off things, some people might be thinking that they've been meaning to catch up with the BBC One crime drama, The Pact, which has been running. And the good news is it's all on iPlayer now. The bad news is you should leave it there. Don't binge it. Don't get suckered in. It's pretty slow. It's pretty frustrating. And spoiler alert here in case you're halfway through it or anything, but there's a dumb twist at the end. So you'll regret investing in it. So... I would say save yourself for something good. There's plenty of good BBC dramas stacked up on iPlayer just from this year, like Sherwood or The Newsreader or Marriage or The Responder. If you missed any of those, you've got a treating store. Whereas if you missed The Pact, I'd keep it that way. That's all from me for this week. I hope there's something in there that might appeal that you haven't come across before if you're trying to avoid the football this week hopefully if the football is a desert as far as you're concerned I've pointed you to the odd oasis I don't usually say this but do leave a review for us on whatever platform you use for your podcast if you like what we do here we've had some lovely messages from people and they're always really good to see so thank you I'm on Twitter as at David J N Butcher or the magazine is there as at Radio Times of course Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next Friday with more TV picks. Until then, bye for now and happy viewing.